Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 15 of The Revenge of Kang. This page continues the enemy NPC section and consists of four stat blocks for supervillains from the 1960s, three of whom are such perennial C-listers that they do not deserve to be even thought about, let alone carefully mechanically modeled, ever again. There, we're done talking about page 15. There's nothing here but spoilers. So now we can move on to talking about another West Coast Avenger who did not get a full write-up in this adventure series, The Wasp. I'm a fan of The Wasp. She is such an interesting character, such an interesting history. I think if you knew her from the MCU, you would maybe guess that she's a, a minor like side character. And she kind of is, but it's a weird duality because Wasp has been around forever. She was one of the founding members of the Avengers. You know, she showed up in comics the same time that the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and Hulk and Iron Man were created. She's on that level. But I think a couple of things have misled readers and writers into taking the Wasp lightly. So I want to take this time to refute the idea that Wasp is a small timer and explain why I would be happy to play her in this adventure series and just sort of say nice things about her. I mean, I don't know. It's what I feel like doing. Wasp's real name is Janet Van Dyne. She has a fighting of good and agility of excellent, a strength of good, an endurance of excellent, a reason of good, an intuition of excellent, and a psyche of good. Pretty much middling attributes, maybe on the lower side for a superhero, but no weaknesses, uniformly a little to a lot above average. She has remarkable resources, again, quite rich, but not in the upper echelon of rich superheroes. Obviously, the main thing about Wasp is her powers. Quote, shrinking. Wasp can shrink with incredible ability, reaching a minimum size of one half inch. In this minimum size, she can attack for normal damage at plus two column shifts to hit, but normal size opponents are at minus two column shifts to hit her. So this is very nice, shrinking, a great utility power, and it's enhanced by flight. Quote, when Wasp shrinks, wings extrude from her back, allowing her to fly four areas per round. Poor speed. But they're referring here to airspeed, which is measured differently. That's a different comparison, different scale. Like, I mean, Tigra has a power called lightning speed at monstrous rank, and she can run three areas per round. Wasp can fly four areas per round, but it's poor because it's on the air scale. Like, if you're taking a vacation out of state to see friends, you want to book a commercial airline, not an insect. That's the comparison that's being made here. Quote, she retains her strength when reduced in size, but her wings prevent her from lifting any extra weight when flying. So she's got to be independent. She gets small, she gets fast, she can fly, she gets in places and does things herself. There's also an odd psychological note about Jan here in her next power, quote, insect communication. Wasp possesses the ability to communicate and command all forms of insect life at typical ability. This is a seldom used power as it does not fit in with her self-image, which is, which is fine. It's true. I mean, she doesn't use this power much. And I imagine it's true that it seemed weird to her at first. But this self-image thing seems like a weird thing to throw at Jan specifically. Like, I think almost anybody would take time to come around to insect communication. I don't think that's a great fit for most people's self-image. I feel like it's a small group of people who, if they suddenly got the power to communicate with insects, would be like, at last, finally, this hole in my heart is filled with bugs. Like, you have to get used to it. You have to, you have to become a bug person. So this is, this is an unnecessary jab at Wasp, I feel. Uh, her final power is her wasp sting. Quote, the wasp can generate bioelectric bolts of 
energy from her hands, inflicting up to remarkable energy damage at a range of one area maximum. So, it's like, she's got it all, but only a little bit of it. She's got an offensive option with the wasp sting, great utility power with shrinking, she's got mobility with flight, she can talk to bugs, but she doesn't love to do it. So, this is the first reason that I think uh, wasp gets overlooked. Her powers are not overtly so powerful. Maybe they make you seem like a bit of a mascot, like a bit of a sidekick. Maybe that's why uh, Hank Pym didn't give them to himself. Wasp debuted as a partner to Hank Pym, who at that time was adventuring as Ant-Man, another shrinking hero. And so it's Hank who actually gave Wasp these powers. He gave her the wings, he gave her the sting, he gave her the shrinking ability, the insect communication. But even though he was already a little tiny superhero, Ant-Man, he didn't give himself these powers, which to my knowledge has never been satisfactorily explained. But you can guess why it is, because if you look at what happened, Ant-Man was a very successful superhero, cleaning up New York City, taking down organized crime, real popular, good rapport with the authorities. He was killing it as Ant-Man. But then, unprovoked, he decided, fuck this, I don't want to be Ant-Man anymore. I'm going to be Giant Man. Instead of being tiny, I'll be huge. I'll be big, and I'll be very strong. But he wasn't very strong compared to the other strong characters in the Marvel Universe, like the Thing, the Hulk. He was just a big guy. He just became a big lumbering guy. Much worse than Ant-Man, much less useful. And meanwhile, his partner Wasp asks for some superpowers, and he loads her up with shrinking and wings and everything. And I think, to turn this self-image thing around on Hank, I think this is about self-image. I think he liked the idea of his little partner, his little sidekick, Wasp, being cute and small and pixie-like and having these little solid but not world-shaking blasts called stings, right? But not for him. Not, Not for Henry Pym's superhero identity. For him, as soon as he could, he moved on from Ant-Man, and he became the much less useful giant man, because I think, fundamentally, Henry Pym is in this to make himself feel like a big man. I mean, the signs are everywhere. He literally invented pills to make himself a big man, and that may also be part of what attracted him to Janet, because while Henry Pym was just this scientist, just this guy who had these one or two great inventions, Janet Van Dyne is a real catch. She's an heiress, so she has all this money. But in addition, she's very fashionable. She's very beautiful. Just check out these talents. Quote, Janet Van Dyne is an accomplished businesswoman and has excellent reason in business matters. She has learned martial arts D and aerial combat in her career as a hero. But it also says Janet Van Dyne is chairperson of the current team of Avengers. And it goes on to say that she's a major shareholder in a number of companies. Jan is it. Jan is everything. If you're a man who feels very small and had the misfortune of also accidentally making yourself literally very small and almost getting killed by ants, which would be bad for anyone's confidence, regardless of their previous personal sense of smallness, then when you meet this woman who's paying attention to you, who's rich and beautiful and glamorous and smart, you want to have her in your life and make her your little sidekick. And that's exactly what Henry Pym did. And this really misled writers and readers as to who Janet is. Now, granted, her persona also has something to do with it. As we see later down the page, quote, Jan's ditzy brunette act conceals a very shrewd business mind and an able leader. The ditzy brunette act is something that came around very early in Jan's character. Uh, when she was on the Avengers in the early 60s, remember, she's a founding member. She was really like the Tigra of her day. She she spent a lot of time talking about how hot Thor is, which I'm not objecting to. I mean, we all spend a certain amount of our lives talking about how hot Thor is, but it's part of a balanced life. For Jan, it's taking up a lot of her time. And it's not just Thor. It's just she, she kind of has this uh, boy crazy, like... I'm just a girl. I'm into fashion. You boys do the math. I'm going to go in the other room and have a vagina like that. That's a very early 60s way to characterize women in comics. 
But with Jan, it's more specific. I think it's not just writers saying, well, she's a woman, therefore she's like this. I think she has a legitimate interest in a lot of kind of girly stuff. She's different from Tigra or Mockingbird or Scarlet Witch on the West Coast Avengers for that reason. She's a very sort of conventionally feminine woman. She's not faking any of that, but she definitely is more rounded and more self-aware and smarter than she lets on. You can tell from her thought balloons in early comics. That's one of the things I love about Wasp is like Ben Grimm, erstwhile West Coast Avenger and my favorite Marvel Comics character, they have something in common in that they had quite extreme cartoonish personalities in the early 60s comics, and those were aspects of their authentic selves, but they were notably different in their thought bubbles because they were aware that they had a persona and then, you know, in the privacy of their own thoughts, they were a little more serious. Not every comic book character had levels at that time, and I think maybe partly by accident, the writers gave Jan levels. And so the Wasp has always been interesting for that reason. She's perennially overlooked, even though, you know, her powers are better than Hank's, and she is definitely more accomplished than Hank. I mean, he had a couple good inventions, that's true. So, you know, and she's no scientist, so scientifically, of course, that's his field. But, you know, at this time in her career, she's a founding Avenger who's led the Avengers, a successful businesswoman. She has this huge fortune. She's operating in high society. She's maintaining her relationship, which, by the way, Hank is not. Hank liked having Janet around, but he did not make a move. And it was one of those cases where she kind of like came to be his girlfriend by a process of slow erosion. She just kind of hung around and kept pelting affection at him only for it to bounce off. And gradually, gradually over a course of years, things happen. Things change like geologically. And then one day, Hank Pym wakes up and goes to Jan and is like, I can't help but notice that we live together. Are we dating? That's all Jan's doing. She's doing that at the same time she's doing every goddamn thing else. But because her power is to get small, and because she made a big first impression in the Avengers as the girly one, and because she spent her formative years as a superhero in this relationship with Hank, where her maturing self-image is causing her to be like, yuck, I don't want to talk to bugs, I'm a girl. And his self-image is driving him to like, see how big he can get before his gigantic ankles break. And, you know, people only see a relationship like that from the outside. All they see is the big, huge scientist. They don't see the fucking ankles. So, in conclusion, Wasp is the best. I love Janet Van Dyne. She's a great character. And, bonus, she would be great for this adventure series. Um, we've seen that this author's encounter, building, and story structure doesn't stand up very well to either very powerful characters or characters with reliable, very inhuman abilities. And the reason is because the author kind of writes encounters like they're for D&D characters. You know, you're expected to be able to whip out a fireball or be good with a sword or be a great shot with a bow. You're not expected to be able to, like, walk through walls, control people's minds, things that are totally out of the realm of normal human ability. I mean, people don't have fireballs, but they have grenades. When you have characters who are competent and have interesting abilities but can't just bypass normal human limitations, that's where the encounters in these adventures really work, and that's exactly what the deal is with Wasp. She has a nice rounded set of useful and interesting but low-key powers. She can be trapped in a room. She can be shot with a laser beam. She can be stymied in an interrogation by someone simply refusing to open their mouth, but she's rarely at a total loss for something to do. She has tools at her disposal. I would also love to roleplay being able to talk to bugs, but hating talking to bugs. That seems like a lot of fun. Join me next time when the cavalcade of C-list supervillains concludes in The Revenge of Kang, and my delve into absent members of the West Coast Avengers concludes with Mockingbird on MDC, the Megadumbcast. 
This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.